are so thankful, Lord, that we can have those winds of faith, Lord, that can lift us up. Lift us up above, Lord, the burdens of our lives and the things that we're going through and the situations that we face. Lord, we can be sick in our body and then faith will sweep through, Lord, and lift us up, Lord, and into the healing virtues of Calvary. Lord, we can be depressed and faith will just come through, Lord, and lift us up and we can hear the joy bells of heaven ringing once again. Lord, let faith arise tonight, Lord. Let faith blow through our hearts and through our lives, Father. Lord, may we spread our wings, Lord, this evening, Lord, and rise above the things that is trying to keep us from the promises of God. Lord, that we will be able to fly through every, every, every promise, Lord, that you have given us in this time, in this age that we live in. Lord, we commit this service to your hands, these people, Father, your purchased bride, Lord, Lord, your purchased possession, your people, Father. Lord, we're so thankful to be loved by you and cared for by you. And to know that you care about the most minute detail of our lives, Lord. That there's nothing, a, a gnat couldn't bat its eye without knowing, you knowing it, Father. Uh, uh, Lord, you're so wonderful, so great, but yet so wonderful and so simple. And you know our hearts cry. Lord, we ask, Father, you just move, Lord, tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's turn in our Bibles, amen, to Matthew 10. Amen. It's good to be with you again. And Amen. I didn't say a whole lot about it Sunday, but we was there in, in Europe, there in France, Switzerland border there with Brother David Mayer. I know he, he was not here at our last meetings, but he came to our dedication. You remember us calling him the mayor. And uh, he's a wonderful brother, wonderful family, and got a really nice church there. And we ministered there for them, and, and uh, we just had a glorious time. It's, it's amazing, you know, you can go anywhere in the world and you find God's people. It's like home. Amen. Amen. And, you know, and so God has some of the best people on the face of this earth. In the most wicked time that we're living in, you know, in a time when people don't think about much about somebody else's life, but God has people, amen, that's some of the most precious people there is, and as that's true no matter where you go, and, and we're just thankful to be a part of it, amen. Let's look here at Matthew 10 and verse 29, it says, there are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall to the ground without your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Amen. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Amen. Amen. We'll let you be seated this evening. Just a little thought that I've been thinking on for a couple of weeks as I've been gone and meditating on, on, on value and our value to Him. And uh, I'd just like to to speak to you tonight on how much more are you. Amen. You know, I, I got to looking today as I was thinking upon, you know, why would, uh, why would God or Jesus here, would, why would he use a, the example of a sparrow? You know, a sparrow is not, uh, your, you know, your, your greatest bird by no stretch of the imagination. It's just a little small species. There's about 9,000 to 10,000 known species of bird in the world. And he uses this one bird. And a sparrow, 
You know, they don't fly the highest. They're not the most beautiful bird. They're, they don't sing the prettiest songs. It's just a common bird. Seemingly nothing. But not one of them can fall to the ground without the Father knowing about it. You know, God is concerned. What he was showing is God is concerned about the smallest of details, the smallest of things in our lives. God knows all about it. And Jesus said that we have value. He says, you know, if this is so, and you can look at this and you can see, and he also talks about the lilies of the, that, that, that tall knot and all these different ones he, he compared it to in different other readings. But just as he said, you know, there's value here and we are more valuable to him. You know, I got to think of what determines value. You know, the, what, what, one thing that determines value is the price one is willing to pay for something. And you know, I, I thought about that as, you know, there's things that you will, you will pay money for that I think, well, what in the world do they see in that? You know, why, why would they buy that? You know, but you see something in that. And so you'll pay 20 bucks. And I think, well, that thing ain't worth five cents. But, but you know, there's something in you that sees value there. And so you're willing to take $20 and lay it down or $100 or $1,000. You know, people pay an extreme amount of money for paintings. And, and some of it looks like a bunch of glob on a piece of paper. You know, it looks like nothing. But to them, it has value. And they're willing to take $1,000 and, and trade it or to say that what they're taking is greater than what they're giving. And so I was looking here, at, you know, the, that how that God, I mean, came down upon this earth and he saw value in you yeah. and such value that he was willing to give himself. He thought you was greater than what he had to give. Amen. And so Brother Brown talking about that. He said, you know, how if I had two drops of the, of the blood of Jesus, how I would hold them and I would guard them and I would try to keep them from falling to the ground. He said they would be so precious to me. But he said, I got to thinking about that. And he said, I want you to understand. Amen. Do you not know right now in the sight of God, greater is here tonight than, there, than two or three or a whole gallon of Jesus's blood? It's in this building tonight. He said, I've got the purchase of that blood. Amen. He loved you more than he loved his own life. He thought of you as greater value than he thought of his own life. Amen. And we see here in Isaiah 43, and we can read that in verse 1. He says, but now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, and thou art mine. When thou passest through waters, I will be with thee. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. Though thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle against thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopian Saba for thee, since thou was precious in my sight. Oh, hallelujah, that ought to make you shout tonight when you realize you're precious in the sight of God. Amen, you're precious to him. You, you, you mean something to him. Maybe the devil's trying to tell you, amen, that, that you don't mean nothing and you're nothing. But listen, he's not the one that created you. Amen. For you to listen to what the devil has to say about you is like, like a painter. Amen. That's painted a, ma a masterpiece. And, and you ask somebody that don't know anything about painting, what is the value of this? Or is this worth anything? They don't know nothing about it. The devil don't know nothing about it, but God knows your value. 
God knows exactly what you're worth. God is willing to give his all for you. He loved you before there was a world. Amen. That means he also loved you before you ever sinned the first time. He loved you before you doubted the first time. He loved you before you was found in the sin and the iniquity and the things of this world. He already loved you. You was already precious in his sight. Hallelujah. Amen. Before there was ever a world, oh, he knew what you would be. He knew your weaknesses. He knew what your habits would be. He knew all about you, but he still loved you. Oh, he still loved you. He looked over all the universe. He looked over all the animal life and the plant life and the, and the stars and the sun. And he looked at you and he said, I choose you. Amen. You didn't choose him. He chose you. Why? Because he loves you. Hallelujah. Amen. You saw, uh, Brother Timothy, I was found in a bad shape. I was found in, amen, in some kind of situation. Amen. You know, you can take a $100 bill tonight and you can wad it up, you can stomp it, you can throw it in the mud and you can pick it up and it'll still buy what $100 will buy. Because there's something on that $100 bill. There's an ink that's there. There's a seal that's there. There's markings there that proves that there's something that can back up what it is. Hallelujah. Amen. Maybe you was found in drugs or you was found in a broken condition, but that didn't, that didn't change your value. That didn't change what God thought about you. God said, that's my son. Amen. The prodigal son, when he went out there and he, was, he wasted, he lost a lot of value. He had taken his inheritance. He went out into the world and he lost it out there in the world and he had given it all. He lost Excuse me, he lost value to himself. He lost value to his friends. But there was somebody that, that still held the same value towards him. That still thought of him as his son. And he was waiting for him to return. And when he returned, he didn't say, oh, you're wretched, no good for nothing. He said, my son has come home. And it was the same value. He said, amen, start up the band. Kill the fatted calf. Let's have a celebration. Why? There was still the same value when the boy left as when he returned. Amen. There was value found in a little woman at a well. The world had given up on her. She had wasted all kinds of things in her life. She had given herself to one man after one man after another man. But here comes a seventh man. And he saw something on the inside of her. What was it? It was a seed gene of God laying on the inside of her. <clears throat> Amen. What did God see in you? The same thing. You might have been covered up with drugs. You might have been covered up with alcohol and every kind of broken condition. You might have been covered up with every kind of religious demon. Amen. You might have been covered up with all kinds of things, but God looked through all those coverings. He looked through all those scars. He looked through all those sins and he saw something of value on the inside. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before there was ever a world, he knew your nature. He knew what your weaknesses would be. He knew what your problems would be. And he looked at around and he looked and he said, I choose you. 
Hey Amen. I got to adjust this thing a little bit. Give me a minute. First John 4 says, Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us. And sent His Son to be a perpetuation for our sins. Brother Adam said, it just makes me want to scream when I think that He cares for me. Oh, hallelujah. That we have an assurance that He cares for us. While we were yet sinners, He died for us. While we were alien from God, he made us nigh unto him and given us the earnest of our salvation, the Holy Spirit, and with a faith that lifts us up above the things of the world. He said, it makes me want to shout to know he cares for me. 1 John 4, 19 says, we love him because he first loved us. You know, there was a little girl who was standing at a parade one time. Brother Branham gave the example. And the king was, uh, was coming through. And she had her little flag and she was waving it. And she was just screaming out, Oh king, oh king, and I love you, oh king. And she was screaming out trying to get his attention. And, uh, and they'd went, the, the class had went back and they realized this little girl was missing and and the teacher's like, where is she at? And so she run back out in the streets and she found her up against the light pole with her head down. And, and the, the teacher said, well, what's wrong with you? Why are you weeping? Did you not wave your flags? He said, yeah, I got to wave my flag. Did you not see the king? Yes, I saw him. Why are you weeping? He said, teacher, I saw the king. But I was so little and so insignificant, he didn't see me. I wonder how many times we have those feelings. So insignificant that he don't see us. Maybe this week you didn't feel like he cared for you, but listen, he said it's not so with our king. Hallelujah. You may have had those feelings, but it's not so with our king. I don't care how little you are. I don't care how little you do. I don't care how small, the smallest thing. You cannot do the smallest thing without him knowing about it. He knows every little heartache. Oh, come on, somebody. He knows every little heartache. He knows every pain you have. He knows every little disappointment you have. And he's standing, no matter how little it is, he knows about it. Branham was in a, in a place one time with some brothers doing some fishing. And I'm amazed how God cho- chooses to use his power sometimes. But it's showing he cares about the smallest things. And he's talking about brother, brother Lyle and Brother Banks was with them there and they was fishing. Brother Lyle had this big old hook. I know you heard the story. Had a big old worm on it. And he, he let the little bluegill swallow him, swallow that hook all the way down to his belly. And he grabs him, he pulls him up, and he says, Oh, well, I wish you'd look at that. And he reaches down and he instead of you know trying to save it, he just jerked the hook out. And when he did, he pulled the gills and he pulled his belly and he pulled his guts all out of him. He throwed him over in the water and he quivered there about three or four times and just laid there and he said, You shot your last wad, little fella. 
wonder how many times we got that feeling. It's kind of flopping around over there. And everything's hanging out and we're going through all kinds of things and seem like I've shot my last wad. I've given all I've got and I ain't got nothing else to give. Amen, thank you. I've given all I've got and I've got nothing else to give. I've shot my last one. Brother Branham said, you know, you can take a smaller hook and you can, you can do a little something different there. He said, ah, hey, it don't matter. We're, we're about done anyway. And he just kind of makes some excuse. And he said, that fish laid there for about 30 minutes. No life in it. Lifeless laying there. And he was watching it. And, and he said, you know, that's, I said, see that little fish? Little fins was stiffing out and he laid in the water for about a half hour. He said, now this Bible laying open. He said, all of a sudden, the power of God swept down through that place. And he said, speak to him and give him back his life. And I said, little fish in the name of Jesus Christ, I give you back your life. And those men standing there watching, they said, oh, I guess I'm dreaming because all of a sudden, that little fish that had been laying there lifeless, all of a sudden popped up and began to swim and go right back down into the depths. Amen. He said, I'm lost. I guess I'm dreaming. He said, you're not dreaming. He said, I guess at the same time I had 30 or 40 spastic children and how God would go around from around all of them children and he would bring up that little fish. It goes to show you he's interested in everything. Hallelujah. You may be flopping around on the top, but I say, God, let the Holy Ghost blow through this building. Amen. Let the power of God come down and the words of life saying you don't have to stay in that condition. Receive life. He used his power to curse a fig tree when there was thousands of sick people laying around. He bypassed all those and went over and put a curse on the fig tree. No man eat from you and the fig tree withered. Use his power showing he's interested in trees. He's interested in fish, but he's also interested in you. He's also interested in you. He's interested in me. He's interested to see that his word is made manifest in this hour and he's depending upon you to do it. How much more value of you than a little bird or a little fish laying upon a pond somewhere or a little flower trying to break the crack of the earth and come up into the presence of the sun. How much more value is that seed gene of God laying on the inside of you? How much more value are you than sparrows? Don't, and if you have that much value, if God places that kind of value on you, don't you think he's interested in what you're going through? Don't you think that he's interested that you're sick? Don't you think that he's interested that you're having financial troubles or you're having problems or on your job or you're having this? He's interested in those things. 
The only way God, he says, to see how much more value. He said, don't your father know what you have need of? That's the only way that God can do this. That's for you to have love for him. That'll cast out all the fear that you don't, that, that, that you have. Say, Lord Jesus, I love you. Return the love. He said, then he will come down and manifest himself. Then he will do the same thing for you. He did for that little fish. He did for that possum. He says, and this is, as he's bringing it down, he said, how many in here will raise your hands with your heads bowed, church praying, Brother Branham, please, in Christ's name, pray for me right now that I'll receive, amen, God's spirit into me. Make me live a victorious life. I'm up and down. I have an awfulest time. God bless you. God bless you. God knows every one of you. <laughs> Sometimes we come to church and we think, well, nobody knows I was even here. God knows every one of you. Matters not if the preacher knows or the song leader knows or the deacon knows. That don't matter. God knows every one of you. Raise your hand. Don't, don't you think that an infinite God who knew ever flee, he knows ever fly? Wow. He knows it all. It would be on the earth before the earth was ever created. Don't you think he knows you? And can two sparrows be sold for a farthing? It's a fourth of a penny and not one of them can fall without your father knowing about it. How much more are you than the sparrow? He tells the story of that little girl again with waving her flag. He says, how much different it is with the king of kings. You can't be too little. You know, a lot of times we got a lot of, you know, not, not much self-worth. Some, you know, the problem is some people value themselves too much and some value themselves not enough. We're not worried about what our value is to us or what we think, we're, how valuable we are. Or how much. I'm not worried about how much you think I'm valuable. I'm worried about what he thinks. I want to know what he thinks. He said, you can't be too little. He sees every move you make. He knows all that's about you. Not even a sparrow could fall up on a street without him knowing it. Not a little flower could come up unless he knows about it. So how much more are you than the flower? How much more are you than the sparrow? And if you're laying here sick and afflicted, do you not know that the king of kings is watching you? Hallelujah. Do you not know he's interested in your healing? Oh, glory to God. Don't you know he's interested, amen, in your welfare? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be ever so sinful tonight, but don't you know he's interested in you becoming his subject? Oh yeah, that's the way the devil likes to do it. He likes to bring you to the house of God and tell you just how much you're, how sorry you are and how worthless you are, how impossible it is for God to save you. And here God is looking at you and he's interested. My son came here this morning. My 
daughters here this morning. Amen. They came on a Wednesday night and they wasn't feeling good. I'm watching them and I'm interested in healing them. I'm interested in delivering them. Hallelujah. I'm interested in setting them free. Oh, he sees the chains that bind you and he's got the power to loose it. He sees the problems upon you and he's got the power to break every chain. Break every power that would bind you tonight. Hallelujah. God is interested. You say, well, I'm just an insignificant person, but not in the sight of God. Oh, listen to this next sentence. God wants you. Hallelujah. I'm glad because the devil don't want me no more. He's tired of us. God wants you. God desires you. God has been looking for this moment. God has been waiting in anticipation for this moment. He has been building the atmospheres for this moment. He's been allowing Satan to do what he's doing for this moment. He's allowed all kinds of sicknesses and diseases to come in this atmosphere. He's allowed all kinds of torment spirits because he's interested in you. And he wants to reveal himself. He can't reveal himself to a bird like he can reveal himself to you. He can't reveal himself to a flower like he can reveal himself to you. You was made in the image of God. God wants you. Amen. Okay, now, let me, let me read these four sentences again. I'm just an insignificant person, but you're not in the sight of God. God wants you. He loves you. And God so loves you that when his love was projected, Grace came and sent a Savior to redeem you back to himself. And in the Savior, he was wounded for our transgression because he loves you. And God saw the afflictions of his people and with his stripes you were healed. God's grace making a way for his love requires it. Brother Branham tells a story Before I go there, let me, let me just read a couple things or remind you of a couple things. In Zechariah, he compares God's people to precious stones in a crown. In Malachi, he calls God's people jewels. In Isaiah, we're the crown of his glory, a royal diadem, precious. You're precious tonight. Random one day got up, walked outside, and he looked coming down a road, seeing a little object tumbling around. About 10 o'clock in the day, it was a possum. He said, I knew something was wrong because they don't usually, they're not usually up during the daytime, they're a nighttime creature. So there's this possum traveling in the daytime, and he comes. She comes walking down where there's no fences, two or three houses, come from the woods, 
about 500 yards that walked across the highway and come up the, up the lane. And here his house was fenced with a rock gate. Possum got even to my house and it turned in. And said, there's a possum. I said, there's a possum. Something's happened. Maybe he's got rabies. He's acting weird, tumbling around, trying to get in. Brother, Mr. Woods had been raking the yard and had a yard rake laying there, so he grabbed it. So I grabbed the rake and I threw it on the possum. I said, it must have rabies. And I thought, oh no, look, it ain't no rabies. It's my, it's my. He said, it's got maggots over his legs and dogs had chewed it. Either maybe got run over by a car, mashed to pieces and all swollen up. The great big leg was big and the other one's dying. And I was holding the rake. I looked there and there in her little pocket was about nine little naked babies. Come here, boys. He said, I'll teach you some more of the Bible. And he begins to tell them about this. And he says, the day before, there'd been a very fine, young, beautiful woman that had this illegitimate born child and wrapped it in a blanket and smothered it to death and took it out with it by taxi and dropped it over the bridge into the river. He said, that lovely young woman didn't see no value in her baby. He said, but here's this little mother has these little nine babies and and she's trying to live. Fighting for them. She was biting at that rake and trying to protect them and trying to keep them back. And sister, I think Sister Mita come out and said, well, why, why don't you just kill it? You're not going to let it lay there like that. And them babies just horrible. What a horrible death that'll be. And well, them babies and said, my, she was right, but something to me wouldn't let it do it. He said, I was a hunter, but I'm not a killer. I couldn't do it. He said, well, let Banks do it. He said, well, I, I couldn't let him kill her. He said, I, I just can't. He said, you mean you're going to just let that poor thing just lay there and suffer and die like that groaning? It seemed like the humane thing to do, but I just couldn't do it. He said, here, I let it go. And that little, little fellow just jumped back up and went down, crawling, dragging himself to the steps of his house and falls over. And he said, I think it died, and he walked up to it, and it was still breathing. Laid there, and it was up about 12, 11 o'clock later, still sprawled out, and I thought, well, maybe she's dead. He said, why don't you just kill her? And he said, I just can't kill her. So my boy come in at midnight or from the river. now all, all day long. There they laid that possum. All night I thought of that possum. I couldn't get it off my mind. The next morning early, I went out. Mr. Woods said to me, he said, you know, Brother Brown, if that possum's ever going to move, it'll move when the sun goes down. But here it is now this morning. It's still there. So my little girl come out and she looked at that little possum. She said, Daddy, that's a real mama there. And I said, yes, it is. And I kicked up my foot and she drew up her leg and little blow flies everywhere. What are we going to do with that possum? I said, I don't know. You're going to kill her? I can't kill her. I don't know what to do. I was sitting there. Something said to me, if you're preaching, you was preaching about her yesterday. You used her in your text. I said, that's right. You said she was a real mother. I said, that's right. I sent her to your door. What? I sent her to your door. And she laid at your door like a lady for 24 hours, waiting for her turn to be prayed for. And you never have said a word. God cares about the little things. 
just run over possum or dog bit possum, whatever her problem was, God in his great kingship could look down from heaven and he could see a little possum down in the woods with her little babies and she's dragging along and he began to put some kind of instinct in her to walk down across the highway and down through a little place and all of a sudden come to this little fenced yard and little rock gate and a man standing there and some inside her turn and she walk inside of there. If God could do that for a dumb possum, how much more can God direct your son or your daughter or your lost loved ones to the house of God? How much more does God care about you? How much more can he direct you to the right scripture or the right quote or the right service for the right atmosphere that God could fall upon your life and set you free? I sent her. I walked out on the porch and little Rebecca standing there looking at that mother possum went out and I said, God, I know you know every flower. You know every sparrow. And being this is a great horrible thing that's happened to womanhood, this beautiful young girl that killed her baby, you wanted to show that you can even lead animals. And she came up and laid at my gate waiting for a turn to be prayed for. I'm sorry, God, that I didn't realize what was happening. I didn't know it, God. I I would have prayed for her. But if you and your divine providence that you have sought this and want me to pray for this possum, I do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help her father. It's her love for her babies that's been so great. Oh, God, will you do this? And when I said that, he said, this may be strange, but that mother possum raised up. She picked her little ones up and put them into her pocket, turned and began to walk down the get down to the lane just as normal as any other possum could walk. Her little tail kicked up in the air and she turned around and said, thank you, kind sir. And across the road she went. And as far as I know, she's happy with her babies tonight. Well, if God could heal a little beast, a little possum, don't you think God and his word, his promise, healing for you will heal you? Hallelujah. Then if you believe it, I just say, thank you, sir. Thank you, God, that your word is true and you've done what you said you would do. Hallelujah. If God could care about a little possum, God can care about you and 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 you. you. Hallelujah. God loved you. He had to have love for this possum. God cares for his creation. (laughs) He said, if God could think that much of a possum, we live. We, we, I guarantee you, I would think if I asked for how many, how many hands as people has ever seen a possum? Down here we see them, right? I mean, they're almost everywhere. They're not the prettiest creatures you ever saw. They're not something that you think, boy, I'd love to pet that. 
you know, I, I mean, hey, I'll just be honest with you. I see a line. I'd love to be able to go up and just be able to, you know, rub my hands through that mane of that line. It's a beautiful creature. I ain't never looked at a possum and said, wow, I want to pet that. Oh, as snarly, as nasty, as it eats nasty things. But God looked at it and loved it. Oh, my. Oh, well, let's watch our attitude sometimes, church. When we see somebody like, wow, they got this problem, they got that problem. We got, we got disdain for them. God looks at them, he sees something different. He said, I had need to go vibe Samaria. Disciples wouldn't give her the time of the day. Matter of fact, when they came back, like, why is he talking to her? But there was something on the inside of her. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, Jesus didn't go for the fountain that was there. Jesus went for the fountain that came walking down. There was a well that was stopped up. It was a well that should have been springing to everlasting life. It had things of life that it crammed itself on t- down on top of it and it couldn't spring out. But the master came along and he began to pull it out piece by piece by piece. And the next thing you know, she went running and leaping and praising God and saying, come see a man who's told me all things. Why? Because God looked beyond the veil. Something in that possum that moved God. Did you hear me? There was something in that possum that moved God. But there's something in you that'll move him too. Hallelujah. He said, by here it come by instinct. Possum didn't know don't have a soul. It's a dumb animal. If that could be done by the way of instinct. And the Holy Spirit could lead an old mother possum there knowing that he would have me pray for her and her life would be spared. How much more are you than a possum? You ought to be able to leave here and say, man, I'm worth more than a possum. Hey, God do for me what he did for that possum. I'd be rejoicing too. Amen. He cares. He cares about the most minute details of your life. He can get down to the nitty gritty. He's the designer of the thoughts and intents of the heart. He knows the thoughts that you think. He cares about your thoughts. He knows the things that are going on, the inward struggles. He cares about them. He knows about the doubts and the fears. He cares about them. In the Bible, he cared for a leopard. A leper who was so, looked so, so whole, I mean, I don't know. I, I, just like their skin turns inside out. It's not something you want to touch or be around. And, and it's supposed to be very, very hard, you know, very contagious or can be. You don't want to be around it. Jesus looked at a leper. He didn't go, oh, back up, boys. We don't want nothing to do with that. He walks down beside him. And he sits down, puts his arm around him. Why? Because he cared. 
What do you think he does service after service? What is the word that comes forth? He turned to that leper and he says, Will thou make me whole? That leper said, Will thou make me whole? And he said, I will. Be thou clean. Why? Because he cared when no one else cared. Listen, maybe tonight you feel like nobody else cares. He cares. Maybe tonight you feel like daddy don't care. He cares. The wife don't care. He cares. The the church don't care. He cares. When nothing else will care for you, he'll care for you. The old blind beggar with his sleeves all torn, whiskers hanging out, out of his face, nothing to eat, sat by a gate begging, screaming out, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Would a man of that caliber, would it be maybe a president or mayor, or even you, would you stop and see what you could do for him? Maybe not. But Jesus cared. And he stops. And he said, what would I do for you? And he said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And he said, thy faith has saved thee. Why did he stop? Because he cared. Why would he come on a Wednesday night and preach such a message like this? Because he cares. He knows exactly what you're going through. Well, I've lost a loved one. He cares. I can't sleep at night. I'm having problems. I, I don't know what to do. I'm having issues. He cares. Brother Timothy, my heart seems like it's about to go out. He cares. I've had a sickness for months. He cares. I've had problems I don't know what to do with. I don't know where to turn. I've tried this and I've tried. He cares. There was a little service in Chicago. The random talks about Rosella Griffith. Came to a meeting so vile. So vile that the alcohol anonymous had given her up. Couldn't do nothing for her. About six, eight hospitals wrote her name off. She couldn't never come back here again. Even till she was so low, the only thing she had left was a coat of her mother give her. She cut it on the inside to put her alcohol in there. And here she was and laying in the gutters, down and out. Here a young woman, smart, educated, but a miserable hag. But came into the, into the service, sitting in the balcony up yonder in Indiana where we was having a meeting. No one cared. It is though as no one knew she was even there. If they would have knew, they would have moved away from her. He said, but when, when others move away, Jesus cares. And he moved me around and said, the woman sitting up there, her name is Rosella Griffith. She's an alcoholic. She's been given up by Anonymous. They can't do nothing for her. All hopes are gone. But she has believed on him and thus saith from the Lord from this hour on, no more alcohol. 
And now she's a sweet, loving Christian going from place to place, from jail to jail, showing the living gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Jesus cares. One day he was so weary in his way he could hardly go on another step. There came a band, a funeral possession, little mother frantically throwing her hands up in the air, screaming out, oh Jehovah, why did you take my, my only son? But he was so tired and so weary, he, but he cared for that little heartbroken woman. And he walked over there and he comes to the casket and he touched it and he said, son, rise. Why did he say that? Why did he stop? Because he cared. He understands. He knew. He cares. The question is, do we care? He has showed you that you are so much value. But how much value is he to you? If you don't care, he can't help you. If you don't care enough, you know, he said, I've heard people make insane remarks. I don't care what becomes of me. He said, I sure care what becomes of me. I believe any person in their right mind cares. I want to know what's going to happen. And if I know he loved me, there's no one else could love me like that. He cares for you, no matter how little you are, how insignificant you are, how, how, in, how in poor you are, how many times you've tried and you failed. He still cares. And he cares enough to still knock at your heart's door. Are you a sinner? If your need is great, knowing if God could call today, you'd be lost. Or you're backsliding, running from God, but you know you're not right. What is it? If your heart's stony, if you're sick, your doctor says you can't well, and you promised God you'd serve him all the days of your life. You're certain that he's God. Come meet his requirement. If you have a need, come see him. And he says, oh, Lord, just as certain as I'm in this pulpit this morning, I know there could not be one of those hands go up without you knowing about it. Hallelujah. Amen. I know sometimes we think it's just a ritual or just out of, of tradition. How many, how many hands here you got that has a knee behind it? And we lift our hand, but what you need to realize, that hand can't go from here to here without him knowing about it. And not only does he know about it, he's also got the answer for it. Hallelujah. If you're sick, he's got healing. If you're down, he's got an up for you. If you're bound, he's got freedom in the house. Whatever your situation is, there's not a hand that can go up without him knowing about it. Why? Because you're God. You said there's not so many sparrows sold for two farthings. How much more are you than a sparrow? How much more? Listen to this. How much more? Did you see the hands of those mortal beings of which your son died for go up? How much more did you see their hands than, than you would see a sparrow that fell this morning? A dozen sparrows, but you see that hand. 
and you know every one of them. And you know every, every, every sparrow that's fell, and you know every one of them, you know every feather that's on their body, you know every hair that's on our head. Our Lord, answer prayer. Let there be certain this morning that you're God. It's your spirit, and you know all about it. Brother Branham tells a story in India of an earthquake that was coming. And the animals begin to flee. Birds begin to leave rock walls. Just all of a sudden, just begin to move back. It's even happened here, even in the recent times of tsunamis that came. And people that were in those areas that was on a ride, an elephant ride, all of a sudden their elephant became uncontrollable and just ran to the hills. Why? Because God cares. And he put something in them. And here all these begin to move back. Cattle move back. The birds move back. And all of a sudden, a big earthquake shook the walls down, the towers down. If they'd been there, they'd been killed. Don't you see the same God moving today? He said, why did we want to call it a premonition or whatever you say, how God dealt with these birds? He gave them an instinct to get away. He knows how to take care of his own. He said, see, think about it. God could get a bird out of a wall. How much more can he get you out of your situation? Mercy, that's shouting ground right there. If God could put something in a dumb animal that can't talk, can't reason, can't do nothing, but all of a sudden something says, get out of there. And they move. And they're out of the situation. All of a sudden the walls are crumbling. How much more can God get you out of your situation? Our Heavenly Father, He says, as we approach this great throne of grace, by faith we move into the beyond where God is and the angels and the cherubims and all the host of heaven is assembled together. For he said there cannot be even a sparrow fall to the ground without the heavenly father knowing it. How much more does he know when hundreds of people have their heads bowed and are calling upon him with special requests? Father, look down upon the needy tonight. We're needy people. God, you know all about it. Bow your heads tonight. How much more are you? Now as you bow your heads, I want you to make your request known. Call upon the Lord right now. Whatever your need is, make it known to Him. Not even a sparrow falls to the ground without the Heavenly Father knowing it. How much more does He know when hundreds of people have their heads bowed, calling upon Him with their request? God heard you. The answer's on the way.
God cares. I said, Brother Timothy, sometimes I don't know how I'm going to make it. Just struggle and struggle. God cares. He knows all about it. I've been so pressured from mind battles. Seemingly coming on every hand. Oh yeah, God knows every mind battle. He knows every thought. He knows about the sparrow. He knows about the little old bitty bird. I could just fall to the ground. Storm come out of nowhere and it just gets caught in it and it falls to the ground. It can't happen without God knowing about it. Timothy, I got a broken home. I, I got situations I don't know what to, God knows. And He cares. Maybe tonight you've been caught in that. You feel like that little bird just caught in the storm. Whirling around. You don't know which way's up and down. Seems like you're falling. There's a hand here tonight to grab a hold of you. Because He cares. He's placed such value on you to where we would be what we would say priceless, impossible to pay for. God thought so much about you that He gave Himself for you. Only He could do that. Now, if he cares enough for you to let you know tonight, I care. Do you care enough for him to say, Lord, here they are. Here's my situation, Lord. I I give it to you, Lord. Here's my problem, Father. I, I, I don't know what to do. I give it to you, Lord. Here's my decisions. I, I don't know what to do. I give it to you, Jesus. Here's my situation that I'm dealing with right now. Lord, I'll put it in your hands. I give it to you. Lord Jesus, the purchase of your blood, your people. They have their heads bowed. They've given their requests. And you know every head that's bowed. You know every hand that was raised. You know every situation. Lord, may you just begin to move in the hearts. Lord, just feeling you settle in here this this evening. Lord, just let the winds of faith begin to blow. Blow in every heart. They can look up and they can realize I'm of great value. I belong to Jesus. There's no one else that could ever buy me. There's no one else that could ever pay the price that he paid. I'm all his. Lord, bless every heart. 
Bless every request, Lord. May you begin to answer every need. May you begin to move, Lord, in a supernatural way, Lord, beyond human understanding. Sometimes, Lord, we got it all figured out. We think we got this and we got that. We're going to put this there and we're going to do this. But, Lord, tonight, let's care enough to give it to you. It's your battle. It's your situation. It's your sickness. It's your struggle. Because we know you care enough to take it. Lord, I'm just so overwhelmed thinking about how you would direct a possum out of the woods, dragging her feet, across the road and down a path, down to a little fence with a rock gate and turn in and go lay at the steps of a prophet. How much more, God, can you direct, Lord, the needs and the situations in our lives? How much more do you have it all in control? We realize that you can direct a little beast. Lord, we know you did it in the days of Noah. You took two by two and you begin to bring them out and take them into a boat. You've done it time after time. Lord, you truly have it all in control. Father, we're just looking to you to begin to direct, Lord, those that are wounded, those that are broken. Lord, those that have need of you to this place. Lord, that you can come down and touch them. Lord, help us to be, Lord, aware of your presence and what you're doing among us. Lord, when those come, that we don't just turn aside, but Lord, we take a moment and pray. Say, God, move. Move and touch hearts, Lord. Move and touch lives. Lord, that we can be such a people that there be such an atmosphere in this place. When someone walks in, Lord, they realize I'm in the presence of Almighty God. Grant it tonight, we pray. In Jesus' name. Oh, yes, I sing that He cares. Oh, He cares.